backups. Backups. Every Shit. time. Under is sneaking up, eh? Every time. I just is three weeks away. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, Mark's hosting that one. So somebody's computer just went into overdrive. I, my my uh, yeah, that's me. My machine just went from uh, normal when I turned audition on and it started recording. Like high performance mode. I suddenly felt my entire palm rest, like the palm spot, uh, just go nuclear hot. So I was like, I should <laughs> start venting it a little bit. I can filter the fan noise out of my the recording before. Right. <laughs> so that's that's what I did last week because I had that fan running the whole time last week too because I'm working. It's surprising s- that audio recording would be so fucking would be that uh, like processor heavy. It's because I'm doing like five things, right? Like you're I'm running audio. You're recording the audio twice technically because you're yeah, doing two passes. The- you're doing yeah, and I'm run- I'm not just using that audacity you guys use is pretty lightweight. Audition is a full suite oh, dot like so it, it sits it's got a big ram footprint and then this fucking thing like zencaster really gobbles up that firefox memory so yeah and then uh what else i got going on here a couple things i'm sure are running in the background that i probably don't need right now but <laughs> whatever you don't have to be streaming porn in four different windows right now <laughs> that's not, not oh, it's not porn it's definitely video content but it's not porn <laughs> It's art. It's art, Paul. It's art. <laughs> Porn will require me to have some kind of like desire to exist in this universe anymore, which yeah. Yeah. I'm quickly losing. Yeah. Quickly. It's so. just highly stylized choking videos. That's all it is. It's fine. Yeah, That's exactly. basically it. So with that, welcome back to Dance for Watch Dance. <laughs> this is episode 197. Uh, I'm Mark, and I like to start on the choke porn jokes. So here we are starting on choke porn. Um, I'll be hosting this week's, uh, I wrote wackiness in my notes. I don't know if choke porn and wackiness go hand in hand. Probably inappropriate. <laughs> well, Probably inappropriate. a few wacks here and there might go along with the territory. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's, yeah, sure. All right. I'm uh, I'm obviously here joined by my brother in quarantine. Paul's here. Hi. For like three more weeks or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm back to Korea, hopefully. Yeah. And then uh, Tim is in Canada. Well, you're Port Colburn, right, right now? Yeah, Port Colburn, my sister's basement in quarantine. And yeah. I feel I feel like this version of Selena might be into some light choking or heavy mm. choking. Probably both. <laughs> Probably a little bit more than that. I feel like she was kind of looking to give uh, Bruce the old Deadpool treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, how are you guys doing this week? I mean, it's... Fuck. What the fuck time? What month is it? <laughs> we it just hit May. May. We hit- just hit May. It's yeah. We're recording this on the 1st of May. Oh, yeah, time God. is still passing, even though it doesn't feel like it. I don't know. I mean, it's been weird for me because everybody's been like, oh, time is nebulous. But like, I've definitely been keeping close to track of time because I'm in the middle of an international move. And that requires a lot of things being coordinated and scheduled and also changing jobs and everything. So my yeah. corn or my like lockdown experience has been very different than most people i think yeah i think you've you've had the the more stressful exciting lockdown whereas like we've had this like yeah we've definitely had the time as a flat circle yeah i don't know what's going on and then like with my with my brain dying with my rig being gone still like i still don't have any of my hardware to put my computer back Mm -hmm. together i'm even more 
like scattered and weird like paul can tell you i probably just i'm like wandering around the house aimlessly now because i don't know what to <laughs> just do. haunting the hallways like drifting yeah. about like a fucking just like, <laughs> just like i am bumping I'm looking into a... walls like a poorly programmed npc <laughs> fucking brutal <laughs> mark's just a roomba now like that yeah <laughs> except he doesn't clean he leaves the mess behind him yes <laughs> Hey, I've seen your room, little brother. I <laughs> right. Hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm fucking perfect here. Like no, my, I my I'm definitely living in like depressed chaos mode right now. So yeah, it's it's like I, my existence is a pile of shit, and I don't know what to do <laughs> with it anymore. So good so time. let's make a podcast. Yeah, so let's do a podcast. <laughs> That's one way to avoid cleaning. Well, I, I've got Tim putting the lotion on his skin, like he's fucking yeah, blew it up wanna, for a goddamn. I don't want to his... get the hose again. He's going to go get the, like, he's his only, what is it, like, OnlyFans or, like, his cam thing yeah. starts up after the podcast? Yeah, yeah, I gotta, yeah, the, the, the foot weirdo's gotta make sure that I'm all well moisturized. Yeah. He's got his, his new, that, that's his new job, is uh, Tim's, like, a, a cam boy now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something yeah. I can do from home, I can work remotely. Hey, man, if you can fucking get that money, get that fucking <laughs> money, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't judge that kind of shit. If you can get that money take that money either let's do like whatever little news there was this week um there's a couple little like funny announcements and stuff that we missed yeah last week so um the first thing and the top of my list was uh they've announced that there's going to be a prequel transformers movie made by a completely different team than was making the old ones i'm not sure if we've talked about this i know i've heard it a couple times but um so according to deadline the guy who directed toy story 4 josh cooley will direct an animated large-scale transformers theatrical prequel written by uh, the team that brought us Ant-Man and the Wasp and is apparently going to revolve around like G1 Optimus and Megatron. That part excites me. Yeah, and it's going to be like based on Cybertron and stuff. So I'm like, this is more what I want from the Transformers, I think. Just like hearing it. Yeah, this sounds like a competent creative team that might actually enjoy the source material. So (laughs) that would be a step up. Yeah, that isn't just looking to make a fucking Michael Bay explode a fest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lack of humans is what has really kind of got me sold here. I'm like, they're on Cybertron. It means we can't have shield. No, no Wahlbergs. Wahlbergs yeah. No Wahlbergs, you know. that's. I mean, that's a big selling point for me after <laughs> eight of those fucking movies. Yeah. And they only got that Haley Steinfeld girl in the last one. You know, like, the other six were rough. Like, Jesus, rough. has there really been eight? No, there's. Uh, we just talked about this. Paul and I were just trying to figure this out. I think it's five Michael Bay movies and Bumblebee. And Bumblebee. And okay. Bumblebee. Yeah. I, Jesus. I'll go to bat for, but goddamn, five five movies, and they all made so much money. Yeah. Why? Why? I, just... I went and saw them because I went and saw them. Is why I went and saw all those movies in theaters, every single one of them. Well, it's got Transformers fuck in the you type. Too, then. Yeah, man. Basically, <laughs> I'm I'm part of the problem. So, so the same reason there's like 18 Fast and Furious movies. I go and see those too. <laughs> Mission Impossibles. Yep. I'll go watch any action movie on the big screen. It gives me something to do to get out of the goddamn house, boys. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I had, did we talk about the Venom title? No. Oh, fuck. No, and I don't want to. Yeah. Let there be carnage, kids. It's the stupidest <sighs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Moving. Although there was some news about that because they were talking about like they've named their sony pictures marvel characters universe spunky or something like that and like that now they're using, mm. gonna use that as an acronym because they got to make sure that the name sony's in there because otherwise everybody's gonna forget that these yeah. terrible movies are happening the sony sony pictures like something cinematic universe or something yeah 
uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe or Marvel Characters Universe or some bullshit. I can't remember anymore. It doesn't matter. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. just sell the rights back already. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants these movies. Like, they, there's so many good fucking, like, much better puns they could have done with Carnage. Like, they just had Maximum Carnage in the comics. Like, that was a big crossover. Like, that's a fucking way better name than Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fuck. were we expecting this to be good, though? Like, we both saw Venom. No, and it, they've got fucking Woody Harrelson playing uh, Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, which is, I mean, you saw you saw what he looked like in that post credit scene. Well, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It's it's well, gonna I, be hot fucking garbage. Everything about this movie is like I'm I'm gonna go see it guiltily, but I'm not looking forward to it at all. I don't even know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to bring myself to go see Morbius or this. Oh, Morbius. Morbius is going to be tough. I hate Jared Leto, like, with a passion that is, like, a thousand sons. Like, I fucking hate that guy. Like, that scene in Fight Club that everybody's like, oh, they really beat him up. And I'm like, no, good. You should have just killed him. I hate you. <laughs> Jared just Leto. It, have it on a loop. In oh, man. Lens, like, in every room of your house. <laughs> after the Joker, you should go watch it again now, like, after having watched him butcher the Joker. And it's just like, man, that's fucking satisfying watching, you know, <laughs> that happen. So, anyway. Not condoning violence against Jared Leto. Just enjoying the fictionalized violence that happened to him in the movie 20 years I ago. Liked him. I liked him in uh, Blade Runner 2049. He was good in that. Yeah, but it, like, everybody was good in that. Yeah. And if he was shitty, they wouldn't have used him in that. <laughs> like, Denny Villeneuve actually makes movies, not Zack Snyder schlock or whatever. <laughs> so, Anyway. So who's excited for Chris Pine to play the saint? Is anybody excited? Uh, I, I'm not big on the saint. Like, if you're going to give me one of those, like, 60s, like, spy thriller kind of shows, give me a fucking, like, prisoner reboot. I want that much more than I want the fucking saint. I want a gentleman thief kind of thing, like Alcène Lupin or something like that, instead of, like, why the saint of all things? Like, I don't mind, again, I didn't Jeez. mind that Val Kilmer, Elizabeth Shue... I remember watching that like six or seven times when I was like eleven or something like that. I didn't hate that movie. It was yeah. like whatever, but it was like it was just James Bond light anyway. And yeah, I I don't mind having Chris Pine on my screen again because I like looking at Chris Pine. I generally enjoy his acting most of the time, and uh, I don't know. I just don't like. This is a weird franchise to bring back from the grave. I think that there are there were just like Tim said, there were just more interesting properties that they could have brought back instead of and Saint. that haven't been touched since yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah, like, like Saint has already. So yeah, yeah. And I'm just not like I'm not a big Chris Pine guy. Like he's fine when he's around, but I just yeah. I'm not like not on board with that sentiment because like he was a good kirk but like those movies are dead he was now, a fine so. kirk like he wasn't a great kirk no like, well no because you can't be as good as shatner yeah. at being shatner <laughs> it just doesn't work so yeah. like nobody nobody's going to steve trevor and like he's fine every, all the time i found a little i don't know man something about that the steve trevor performance but i'm like oof. Oof. <laughs> i like chris pine better in interviews than i like him in movies weirdly enough like I like his like little flirtation with uh, Zachary Quinto when they were in uh, interviews together and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. like he's he's a very like genuinely nice seeming guy. Yeah, I got nothing I, against the dude. Yeah. It's just he's not like my favorite actor. Like my favorite 
you know, genre actor by far. Yeah, but he pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing that I had, Disney is absolutely producing a live action Hercules remake thing, <sighs> but it is weirdly being produced by the Russo brothers. I think they're just trying to do like, I mean, they've basically written a free ticket for themselves right now, right? Like, they can do whatever the fuck <laughs> they want at the moment. And so they're like, well, let's just fucking play the field. Let's do whatever the fuck we want right now until, you know, we settle back into another franchise or something. Have yeah. you seen, because of, I mean, it's kind of my Geek of the Week adjacent, but, like, because of community hitting Netflix in, like, total again, yeah, they were tweeting about, one of the Russo brothers was like, hey, Netflix, like, man up and make the make the movie right like do the hashtag mm. in a movie and a lot of people were like how dare the russo brothers ask netflix to do that i'm like um the russo brothers just made the two most profitable movies of like all time yeah. they could basically walk in anywhere and be like we want to make this movie and anybody who was smart enough to let them have that meeting would just be like yeah right you guys just directed the two biggest movies of all time yeah yeah here's two million dollars <laughs> no they give me here's like here's like 50 million dollars to make a community movie yeah basically <laughs> like that why would you not give them i would be because like how much would you have to how much would it possibly cost to make that community movie yeah. who's the most expensive person you got to hire childish gambino you got to get troy back right and and i think you probably need like chevy chase probably needs a dump truck and money to show back up He's dead. He's dead. I just oh, rewatched shit. the I show. That. Yeah, he's dead. So, like, really, who's the biggest actor on that sh- on from that show now? Donald like, it's- Glover and Allison Brie. Yeah, Allison right? Brie yeah. and Donald Glover. Unless right? they want to bring Brie Larson back for. And also, Allison Brie is already contracted to Netflix, boys, because she does glow. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not and like she did that movie. girl movie too. Yep. So she's yeah. probably an easy sell. So I think they should just get on that. That's what I want now. <laughs> yeah. So either way. Yeah, it's just weird that they chose. Hercules of all things because like it wasn't that good of a movie and it did like just kind of fine at the box office. The generation like after ours or yours I guess in this case Paul like has a huge like Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame have a huge hard-ons for those fucking movies because that's what they grew up with right? I grew up with Hunchback and I would say that that was a more interesting film even though the tone was so fucked up and it was bad hercules is like just kind of boring and it's like and the only thing that's good about it is first of all the art style and second of all unfortunately james woods is one of the best parts and he's a piece of shit so like i don't want like and if they bring back james woods as hades for like a voiceover or whatever i'm 100 not that i'm gonna go see this like I'm, I am officially done with the live action Disney. It's just not for me. Just I've, can't do it. I've got friends that that stand like uh, Treasure Planet and like Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Uh, so like I, there's no accounting for taste in Disney movies, is what I've learned. I, I guess so. <laughs> Some people think I'm weird because I like Sleeping Beauty the best. I, I guess there is no accounting for taste after all. But whatever. <laughs> Maleficent rules. Fuck everybody. <laughs> yeah, except if you have you actually got to watch those movies. I mean, yeah. I mean, the second Maleficent movie is fucking hot garbage. The first one was pretty bad too, but at least Angelina Jolie did something. They were doing something. It wasn't just like a shot-for-shot remake, but worse, like Aladdin or The Lion King or Beauty and the Beast. All three of those movies can just go to hell. 
but I already feel like this podcast dedicates way too much time to these live at like these CG remakes of these animated classics. They well, mostly let, just like, to fucking rag on them anyway. So. Yeah. Also, like the Transformers movies, they make a shit ton of money, it's and true. they are total waste of time. So. Schlock, yeah, just schlock. No, schlock, schlock can be fun, boys. These are not fun. Trust me, Transformers <laughs> tries to be schlock. <laughs> I wish. I fucking wish Transformers got to the level of schlock in those movies. You know what I mean? Because yeah, then they, they would actually be fun. Be to fun, watch. yeah. Like they but would they're be not bad. Good movie or good bad movies or yeah. bad bad like there's good bad taste and bad bad taste and yeah. yeah. But they're instead they're two hour two and a half hour long like self serious Michael Bay joints and they're just. Yeah. yeah, where he fellates the military for two and a half hours and like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I firmly believe the American military can stand toe to toe with Cybertronians. That's what that's the that's the movie I want to watch. Is the <laughs> robots getting shot by like that's not every movie that happens. Yeah, I want to see the robots kill each other without any fucking humans around. Fuck the humans. Show me robots killing each other. That's what I want. All right, it's uh, Geek of the Week time. No, I have news. There's stuff you didn't talk about that I, that is exciting things that happened. Possibly have happened that I missed. Did you, did you guys see the the Good Omens thing that got released today? No. So it was, it's just audio, but it's uh, called Good Omens Lockdown. And it's like four minutes long, and it's uh, uh, Crowley and Aziraphale having like a, a quarantine conversation about like going back and forth about like how they're each spending their time in quarantine and Crowley just being like, Oh, I'm so bored. And at zero fail being like, this has been lovely. I've been like learning how to bake new things. Cause my bookstore has a cooking section and all that. And it's, it's just really light and fun and great. I like cute things. I might yeah. listen to that. If it's five minutes long, I, I don't see why not. Right. Yeah. And they, they, ha- they did it like a, a video version. It's on YouTube on Terry Pratchett's YouTube channel. And they, there's like some images underlaying it kind of thing that they just put along with it that aren't like, it's not Michael, oh fuck, what's his name? Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen and uh, and David Tennant, but you know, it's their voices. It's just not their images. But And along with that, there was a big Terry Pratchett Discworld adaptation deal that had just went through as well that with Endeavor content and Motive Pictures, um, basically who have said that they're going to do very faithful adaptations of more of his stories they haven't said exactly what yet but i mean there's so much shit in there that has some of it has been already been adapted some has not so i mean that could be good news but terry pratchett's world i'm not sure if it lends itself to super faithful adaptations like maybe but it's like so conceptually weird that it's i don't know some worlds just work better on the page i i'm willing to give it a try but it like there are some fantasy worlds where they try to adapt them and doesn't quite like it just doesn't quite translate or fit well. And Discworld is one of those things that's so off the wall that you'd have to have like I don't know some someone some art director who's really like got some new ideas going. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it could be good. I'm willing to see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the adaptation so far of uh, Terry Pratchett stuff have been widely varying in quality, let's say. Yeah. There were a couple of cool online sort of reunions that happened this week. The two big ones were Goonies did like a, an online reunion kind of thing. Uh, so it included like Sean Astin, John Bro- or Josh Brolin and Corey Feldman and Martha Plimpton. And it was hosted by Josh Gad. And, uh, and I think... 
Spielberg showed up for part of it as well. So that was a lot of big names. They did it for like as like a fundraiser kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other big one was that this was the week of, or just last night was the Parks and Rec sort of reunion show. Well, I mean, that was like a, sort of a new episode because they were all in character, but I've, yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, but I need to. I watched it. It was fine. It was, everyone was very much in character, but it was very much in the style of the last season where everyone was like, you know, where like people get flanderized and they're like very much their character and only the like most extreme version of their character, mm. like in most late season sitcoms. Yeah. There's no more character arc. Everybody's has reached their, you know, their zenith kind of thing yeah and so it was like a comfortable little cute reunion thing and i recommend it for parks and rec fans for sure but even as a parks and rec fan and i've watched the series a couple times i found it a little bit cloying but it was for charity so i kind of let it slide but a lot of people were like i was in tears when i watched the parks and rec reunion and i i was not so because I, maybe I just have no feelings anymore. It's fine. <laughs> the other, there's two bits of Star Wars news. One is that uh, Rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney Plus on May the 4th. Uh, so just, if, you know, probably as you are listening to this, it is probably already out. Uh, so that means that all nine of the Skywalker saga movies are now on Disney Plus. And then Clone Wars had its finale, which I am literally like 10 minutes away from finish watching. And there is like, I know a big epic fucking lightsaber battle with Darth Maul, spoiler alert, that is uh, coming at the end of it. So, and I've heard really good things about that. So, I mean, the two-part finale so far has been really good, and I'm looking forward to getting through that last bit of it. I have to download that series because I've been hearing amazing things about it. And, like, I could, I don't know. I just need something else to watch. So, you know. Have you have you watched any of the Clone Wars? Or No, I haven't. I would be starting fresh, so... Yeah, if you're going to just be getting into Clone Wars, um, what I would say is, like, there is a lot of filler. There are some really good lists online of, like, these are, like, the key episodes of Clone Wars that really sort of push the overarching storyline of the show along. And also, um, because it's done in sort of a newsreel format, a lot of the episodes take place out of order. Um, so it's it's very much like, here's this, the story of this battle that happened in at this you know late stage of the clone wars and then you'll go back to something that happened like years earlier or something like that so so uh they also some of those lists will also give you viewing orders for those so you can watch kind of what happened chronologically okay yeah it makes it a lot less confusing so i'd recommend doing that rather than necessarily on your first watch through being like i'm just going to watch everything in the order that it aired okay the final season is all in chronological order though and is all worth, worth watching i would say I will uh, do that first because, yeah. yeah. We learned from Firefly last week that watching things out of sequence <laughs> can really fuck up your uh, viewing experience. So. Sure can. But I'm sorry, Mark. That's all that I have. We can we can do Geek of the Week now. Cool. <laughs> uh, so let's do Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week, and we're gonna start with Tim. Are you done? Are you done barking now, Winston? Okay, he's done. My geek of the week is I finished a video game. I finished playing Legend of Zelda: Phantom Hourglass on my 3DS. Nice. Uh, yeah, and it was. I mean, it's it's a fun enough game. Like it's got a fun little storyline, and like 
I like the the items, especially some of the items you get late in the game have some like fun, interesting uses. Like you get a little uh, like normally the grappling hook is just like, hey, you can shoot this at things and like claw your way over to them. But with this one, you could like use it to make tight ropes and you could like launch yourself over over walls and stuff like that with it as well. So had some like fun little interesting you know uses for some of the the items but i don't think in the end i don't even think like it's i've only played a few of like the handheld games and it's definitely not my favorite i think my favorite of the handheld games that i've played so far is minish cap Mm, minish cap is great yeah yeah that's the one i remember liking the most from like the early like color like zelda releases on the handhelds so and it doesn't it's 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 one of the ones that doesn't really fall into like the gimmicks that uh yeah. that a lot of the other handheld games do like with with fan rig hourglass you're you know all the almost all the controls are touchscreen based which you know is i guess interesting maybe right when that console came out but you know playing it 13 years after the fact or whatever you're just like really i can't just fucking use the d-pad to at least just to move the dude around like come on Almost so describing cool. how I feel about Skyward Sword right yeah. now. Yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it was worth a play, and I'm going to move on after this to play uh, Spirit Tracks, which comes after it in the series. Yeah, and in the in the timeline. These are the games that I've never really played. the The DS ones are kind of like my blind spot for the Zelda series because I'm not big on the handheld stuff. And yeah, yeah, and especially especially those because they get into these gimmicky things, and I'm like, these are, that just seems kind of weird to me. Like. Yeah, it's a little too far outside, like what I want from a Zelda. So, Spirit Tracks is better than Phantom Hourglass, but Link Between Worlds, like, is yeah incredible. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting it's to that. So good. Yeah, it is. that'll be that'll be the branch of the Zelda timeline for anybody that's like read Hyrule Story or has like looked up that fucked up graphic online of the the timeline of the Zelda games. I've gone through the one that includes Twilight Princess, and now I'm going through the one that includes Wind Waker. And then after that, I go to the one that, like, includes all of the original games and, like, Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds and all that. And I'm really looking forward to some of those that I've heard. See, that's the point where we should do an episode about Zelda again, is when you've done the classic ones. Because those are games that, like, Paul and I have spent fucking ludicrous hours playing (laughs) through. And they're games that you can breeze through a lot more quickly, you know, that don't take days and days and days to play. Yes, Link Between Worlds and Link to the Past can can take some time if you don't know what you're doing the first time through. Yeah, I can, I can play I can... through Link, Link to the Past in a day now, but that's mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a crazy person. So <laughs> yeah, and uh, now with me and Link Between Worlds, I'm pretty much the same where I can just kind of like burn through it, but it's so satisfying. Yeah, I've only played it once, so I'd have to play it again. Yeah, so maybe when you get to that point, you'll have to let me know, and I'll I can breeze through that one again because it won't be like. Uh, doing breath of the wilds where <laughs> it's like a 200 hour playthrough or well the, like when we did that episode i played through it and then i also did the dlc for the first time oh, so i got right. that extra like 50 hours of play out of that game so like if that turned a 250 hour game into a 300 hour game on me so yeah but well I mean, worth that, it like that well DLC, worth it. yeah it's really good though yeah oh that yeah. dlc actually made it feel like a complete game uh, mm-hmm. and as much as i like breath of the wild like non-expanded the uh the dlc really makes a big difference and to me and it's challenging stuff in it as well yeah i had to get real fucking good by the end of that yeah because holy shit that last fight oh, yeah that was that was a slog <laughs> paul what about you what was your week of the week um i have been binging stuff and i 
found out that there was a new Mindy Kaling uh, Netflix series that came out this week, which was called Never Have I Ever, which, yes, is a teen comedy, but it's actually not terrible. Um, I actually really enjoyed my time with it. It was like only 10 episodes, half an hour each. And uh, I got through all of that in one day because once I started watching it, I got pretty hooked. So um, if you like teen comedies, which I know neither of you two do, <laughs> watch that one because it's actually pretty well done and actually has good solid characterization like it's about a girl whose father passes away and she's a sophomore in high school and she has psychosomatic paralysis for three months and loses the ability to walk and then suddenly she's just able to walk again for no reason other than like just she just can and so she's got like she has to deal with the trials and tribulations of being a teenager with a serious trauma and she doesn't she acts like a real teenager which was cool so yeah if you like teen comedies check it out pretty good so that was my geek of the week nice so for me i uh yeah my computer's still dead and i'm still losing my goddamn mind because of it and uh so what i did was started watching community to kill the time and I watched like all of community in since we last recorded, which was last Friday, so exactly a week. <laughs> oh shit! I did all six seasons, but not a like, movie. Uh, no movie. Still hoping. <laughs> Fingers crossed. One day I'll get that movie. Show still holds up though. Like I was, I had a good time the whole way through. I love those characters. Like Paul and I were talking about it when he got me up at the ass crack of dawn to drive him into Toronto. Uh, that just like how much I still enjoy that character set even now whereas like i was a little bit worried after having watched firefly and was just like oh 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 but uh no i didn't i didn't have any real problems like i expect these these characters to be kind of shitty and vulgar and like inappropriate so like none of that phases me because they're always calling each other on it and stuff so i'm like yeah this show's great still good still holds up um i also did my binge i shouldn't make a note because it's kind of my geek cred but like better call saul Oh God! Mother fucking show is Did so. I, not tell you? I know you. Hey man, <laughs> I. Why do you think I do the binge? Because like <laughs> I love it. It is so fucking good. If you're not watching Better Call Saul, or I've never watched like any of the Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul stuff, you are fucking up your life. Why are you calling me out? Why because are you like this? Why you're fucking like up your life, little brother. You need to watch the stupid shows because <laughs> it's like the best shit. Yeah, no, Better Call Saul this year was fucking mind-blowing. So, and I, I refuse to ever do an episode about it also, by the way, because I don't want to ruin it for, for like, me, ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know if I watch it again, I'm like, oh, all this shit that I hate. Whereas, like, right now, I'm just like, no, this is the best shit on TV. Like, so well-written. Anyway, yeah, lots of TV binging this week, I guess, from all of us. So, yes. Yeah. Although, we did watch a movie, so I guess maybe we should talk about that. It is meat of the episode time, boys. Meat of the episode. Sexy cat meat. It, Tim called out the only good thing in this movie. That's awesome. So there you go. <laughs> episode over. So, Let's go home. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, cool. Short episode this week. Right. What were we talking about? Batman Returns. So this is the 1992 sequel to the 1989 Batman movie that we watched a couple weeks ago. And this one is starring, and Lord help me, Christopher Walken, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Keaton returning, directed by Tim Burton, kind of, I think. 
And then, uh, are you kidding me? This is way more of a Tim Burton movie than it, it is. Was. It is in like how it's written, but just like stylistic, like it just doesn't look like much of a Tim Burton movie really? compared to the last one. Yeah, this one doesn't feel like it doesn't have all that weird stuff. I mean, except yeah. for there's some parts, there's some stuff. The circus gang. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that shit. We'll talk about that shit first, though. One of you has to tell me what the plot of this fucking movie is. <laughs> Tim, do you want to take a crack at it this time again, or do you want me to do it? Because. Paul was chomping at the bit, I think, to do this one because we were watching it. We watched it the other night. He was like, what the fuck? Okay. (laughs) So, from what I gather, I was there, but I'm still not sure. So, there's this guy, and his name is Max Shrek. And he is this rich tycoon type guy. And he has a lot of influence in Gotham. And he wants to, like, open a power plant or reroute things through his power plant so he can make money somehow and he the mayor is real mad at him for that no he wants to he wants to steal gotham's power surplus yeah his plant his plant is actually a battery not a plant not a plant right so which is (laughs) so stupid okay so and then in this other movie that's in the same movie there's this guy (laughs) who this this couple and they have a monster baby and they Jimmy don't like Herman pe- and some Jimmy- redhead. Yeah, it's Paul Rubens. Fucking Paul. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh shit!" It's Pee Wee Herman. The actress is actually the woman who played the trucker in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so she's a Tim Burton oh, okay. like, alumni. Tim Burton, yeah. 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 And then, and then uh, Paul Rubens uh, actually gets to play Oswald Cobblepot's father again in Gotham. Which yeah. Oh, does he? Nice. Yeah. Really? So even after he gets caught masturbating in a movie theater, like a year after this movie comes out, he still gets to come back and play. Hey, hey who among us has not masturbated in a movie theater? Come on, I, guys. I worked in a movie theater for 10 years, and I can tell you I did not. <laughs> okay? Did not. Ever. At least not we at least not your theater. restraint, Mark. Only in the back. Hey, hey. <laughs> God forbid I act like an adult. I don't know. But either way. Okay. So... They have the monster baby, and they're like, oh, no, we had a monster baby. So they decide to throw the whole bassinet into the sewer, which, for some reason, leads directly into the penguin habitat in a zoo, which makes no sense, but fine, whatever. That's what, that's what we're going with. So we have this big Moses allegory where... This is Gotham. That makes that, that, that tracks for me. It, yeah, sure. What I do want to point out, though, is that the movie starts on a late-term abortion. Like, that's how the movie opens. Yeah. And it also opens with about 20 minutes of no Batman. Yeah. Okay. We're not there yet. Because we have to have a very, very slow crawl watching this bassinet float through the sewer with, like, the... Like some fucked up Moses. Yeah. Some fucked up Moses (laughs) where when the score is at a Danny Danny Elfman 11. Like yeah. 11, <laughs> just running through, and we're all like watching this bassinet slowly. Slow panning shots of sewer grates and shit. <laughs> and Edward, yeah. Edward Scissorhands picks up the bassinet for a oh, bit. Jesus. And then then yeah. Beetlejuice fucks with it for a while. Yeah. I may have misspoken. This is a very Tim Burton movie, and he just has no interest in making a Batman movie whatsoever. You know what I mean? So, okay. So that's the second. The third movie is that, okay, so Max Trek has a an assistant, and she doesn't have a lot of confidence. Her name's Celine Kyle, but she's actually kind of smart, but she just keeps beating herself up for just not speaking out about her ideas. And then she witnesses or she discovers Max Shrek's plan to steal the power. Arch villain plot. <laughs> yeah. And he decides to push her out the window. And then a bunch of cats sexually assault her and she turns into <laughs> Catwoman. 
So that's I, I the third movie. That <laughs> well, I don't know. They were like licking her up and just like eating She's her twitching. fingers. And she was one was like, like no, yeah, one was nibbling on her a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, I guess if that's if that's what gets you off, then well, who doesn't like a little nibble on their fingertip? You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Until blood is drawn. We're learning a lot about Paul tonight. Actually, we're learning a lot about all of us tonight. <laughs> yeah. So. Quarantine's not been good for this podcast, I don't think, boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, in our final plot of the movie, or we have Batman himself, who is the smallest part of the movie. Although, we have to get back to, so, Oswald Cobblepot, who we don't know is Oswald Cobblepot. He's this penguin guy. He wants Max Shrek to recognize him for some because he's a rich guy and so max trek is like i'm gonna make you mayor because i don't like the mayor that we have and so we're gonna turn this this penguin man who like fucking eats raw fish in front of people into the mayor and bruce wayne is like first of all max trek is a dick because he was mean to me in a meeting but second of all he also wants to uh make this weird guy mayor and at first i'm like i hope this penguin guy can find his family, but then immediately I distrust him. And so I'm going to investigate him. And for some reason, he discovers that the penguin is connected to this red triangle gang, which is a bunch of circus clowns who just fuck with Gotham. And nobody seems to stop them in any way, shape, or form, except for Batman like a couple times. But the police are completely useless, as per usual in Gotham. And so this all comes to a head where these three movies like mix into one movie where all these characters like basically have like a tacit agreement that they will interact with each other for some reason and then they all they pretty much all die and the movie ends except for batman he's fine but like catwoman dies like eight times but she's got nine lives because she's a catwoman and so she survives (laughs) and then the end so there's batman returns in a nutshell I like your synopsis of that movie. Also, you forgot to mention the fact that for some reason the penguin is going to kidnap all the firstborns of Gotham and blow their erogenous zone sky high or something in some ridiculous oh. speech. Oh yeah, that he but, makes about need... little kid dicks. I don't understand what is happening in this movie. We we needed to take that Moses allegory into the worst possible place it could have gone, and so here it is. We, yeah, we, here's here's Passover. Yeah. Here's Passover, but sexually disfigured <laughs> Passover, starring the penguin and a creepy DeVito. and a creepy circus train. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's Batman Returns. Our little synopsis of it. What are your initial thoughts on this movie, boys? Because I, wow, wow. This was <laughs> this was not a movie. This was a collage of Tim Burton's, like, sexual nightmare scapes. And for some <laughs> reason, Danny DeVito, like, like <laughs> continuously hawking up black liquid was part of that sexual fantasy. So, no. Like, this, this, was, a, this was a much more painful watch than Batman 89 by a long shot. Like, a country mile. And I was like, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time. And I was just baffled at how pointless it was overall. It was just meandering and weird and not in a good way. It's oddly boring, actually, when you like sit down to watch it. You're like, wow, there's nothing really happening. Like, this is a Batman movie where like everybody just hangs out and shit chats about shit. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Also, Batman is a vicious killer in this, too. Also, he blows oh, he, a dude up. Yeah. 
lights a guy on fire. Like yeah, he fucking he definitely massacres some multiple clowns. dudes. Yeah, like <laughs> the, sure. like he had. I think there's extra trauma in this version of Batman. Where like he maybe they in this version, and this might be a different version than what we saw before. But maybe he also had a traumatic event happen to him at a circus because he <laughs> fucking hates clowns in this movie. He sets sets that devil on fire with the Batmobile's yeah. Jedi. <laughs> yep. <laughs> fucking straps a, a bomb into the strong man's belt and shit and like and yeah, just those walks away are, yeah <laughs> they're gone totally cool he totally even gone. smirks about like the bomb too like he yeah. kind of gives the guy a little like i got you fucker before he like <laughs> pushes him into the yeah. into the sewer my i i actually this i like this just as much as batman 89 i think you've lost every damn bit of your mind in isolation Part of, I have a soft spot for this because I think I saw this movie before I saw Batman 89. Um, so, and, and I actually, I like the depictions of, I, I mean, they're definitely not com- like comic book accurate or whatever, but I actually like these depictions of uh, Penguin and Catwoman. Yes, Batman is not in the movie a whole lot, but I'm not crazy about Keaton Bat anyways, so I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, and I think like this is what I want a sequel to Batman to be to that batman to be like it's they gave tim burton more money basically and he just went fucking nuts with it like it's definitely more of a tim burton movie there's definitely i think it it coheres better like it there's more or less like sloppy writing and shit like that than there was in the first movie it's definitely too long yeah i think the the sloppy writing is on par i mean it's more consistent in like the individual characters' motivations, but I'm so is like, it though? confused. Because we, about... we talked pretty at length while we were watching the movie about, especially like Batman, because like it's clear nobody has any interest in Batman as a character in this movie, right? Like nobody, like the director Michael Keaton barely gives a shit when he's in the cape and cowl. Like it's it's yeah. pretty impressive watching them do the Batman stuff in this movie and just not care. But like, there's three or four times where like he flips on a dime on stuff where like f that he's sitting they're pruning the tree and he's watching the penguin tell his sob story about his parents and he's like oh i hope he finds his parents and he goes right downstairs and does research and finds out this guy's a piece of shit and is like fuck this guy i'm gonna find out what he's about and then spends (laughs) the rest of the movie being suspicious of him and then the penguin out of nowhere walks up to batman after just before catwoman kind of reveals herself to the two of them and blows up the shrek building and is like you don't really think you'll win, do you? And Batman's like, things change. And But, like, if I'm Batman, I'm like, who the fuck are you? And what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, <laughs> win what? I just met you. Yeah. And also, you're a penguin man. I'm the <laughs> Batman. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you got a circus gang behind him. I Yeah, but Batman has lit half of those motherfuckers on fire by this <laughs> point of the movie. Like, those guys are all dead. And it's not like he does it to make ridiculously short work of all of those goons by the end of the movie anyway. So, like, yeah. there's no real threat here for this Batman. Like, neither uh, Batman 89's, like, final culminating moments or this movie's final moments make any sense. And, like, the, the parade versus the attempted, like... Abduction, Passover, child abduction. Yeah. yeah the, neither one links to the the storyline at all and it's all kind of stupid and it's just kind of like eh. <laughs> See, at least the first one had jack nicholson and prince well i mean you know what i mean yeah that was missing 
I will agree. Like the 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 scheme in this is pretty similar to the Joker scheme from the last movie, right? Basically, it's make the public lose trust in Batman, and then like you know, in this case, they're framing him for for murder rather than like just like Joker trying to be like, oh, jo- Batman is the reason that there are all these criminals in Gotham, kind of thing. But it's like ultimately the same fucking plot yeah. in the end. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of multiple plots in the fucking movie, but like that one at least yeah. is pretty much the same plot. Yeah, it's the same plot and done worse. And like, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, <laughs> you know, you got Danny DeVito Penguin instead. And yeah, I, I, I actually, I mostly like Danny DeVito's version of the Penguin. No. I'm going to come right out and say it. Like the idea that he's found and raised by pegman, penguins that for some reason, yes, are connected to Gotham sewers is that's total fucking insanity. But like DeVito fucking goes for it. You got to give him credit. Like he fucking goes for that grotesque, like caricature, like yeah, eating, but like eating rough. Like, do we need any of this though? Is the, that's like, that's my question. Like I, as a Batman fan, I'm watching this version of the penguin. I'm like, doesn't really recognize as anything that I know about the penguin, except for the name and the fact that he looks like a bird man. I think this w- this movie was probably my first significant exposure to the Penguin and the Catwoman. Mm. So I have a soft spot for these portrayals, even though, yes, like in retrospect, they're obviously very different than the standard comic book versions. But I so I like this version of of uh, of Penguin. You know, I, I think that I like, you know, the fucking eating like fucking Danny DeVito clearly eating raw fish on camera. Yeah, it's really waddling, fucking gross. Waddling it's, around, it's so like, nasty. wheezing, like wearing that fucking like mystery stained pair of long underwear the entire fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Also, the the weird ASMR of him just huffing and chewing and <laughs> spitting—it's fucking gross <laughs> the whole time. But I mean, that's that's what I like. I don't know. I like there. I, there's always that grotesqueness to this character, right? And it's part of what's supposed to make you sympathize for him a little bit, like is that he's obviously been raised by penguins, I guess. In this one, I don't know. <laughs> but like, but, like, but has had a hard limb. fucking childhood, yeah. and <laughs> like I, don't know, I, I legit feel bad for penguin a little, a little bit by the end, like him getting carried off by into the water by like his sad penguin oh, friends so who, who are, like, who are just, clearly little people in penguin costumes terrible. that scene that scene in particular for whatever reason has always stuck in my mind as like like it's an it's it's made an impact on me i don't know if it's good or bad yeah because i um didn't i continuously lost sympathy for the penguin the more like creepy rapey he got throughout the movie and so like he was so repulsive on a physical level like obviously Danny DeVito was doing a lot of work to make him physically repulsive but the the script was doing him no favors either and so where he's constantly like having like a a hard-on for any female character in the scene that he's in including I mean or the ice princess or whatever it's just like that's on point like the penguin is constantly a womanizer and constantly and i mean in the comics he's always like using his money and influence to get women's that are women that are way the fuck out of his league okay but that would indicate that he might have like at least some knowledge that he needs his money and that he has no charm or that he is very charming and that he just woos women in spite of the fact that he is this fucking grotesque monster but in this movie he is just being fucking gross (laughs) 
on every conceivable level, every word that comes out of his mouth towards a woman is so just like, ew. Really, almost everything that comes out of his mouth, period, is baffling. Including the back black bile at the end. I don't. I don't know. I. I like. I'm. I. I get where Tim's coming from in terms of like. Yeah, the penguin can kind of be like that. But I'm just like. I'm not on board with this version of the penguin. Like the weird sex predator. Fucking. This is a. I don't know. Like this is a movie that had a happy meal and shit like that. And he's around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the word poontang is said in this movie at one point. Like Christopher Walken says all the poontang you want or something like that to him. And I was like. Did, he, well, he definitely say, he definitely makes a pussy reference at yeah uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah a couple at, times that woman but I was like did he seriously just say the word fucking <laughs> Pintang in a Batman movie like what the fuck is going on here this isn't the Darren Aronofsky movie that we never got like this is like <laughs> Tim Burton in 1992 who the fuck wrote this thing like it's just, yeah that Chris Walken character like is just kind of there. Oh like my it's, god! It's just but he's, he's so just, he's, he's so central to the plot of everything well, that happens in the movie. All he is is a catalyst, right? Like he just yeah. he's just kind of the bad, like the catalyst for everything happening. And like I'm, but I then he's in every this, scene. I still to this day don't know why they gave him the same name as the fucking actor that played Count Orlock in fucking Nosferatu. Because like, Tim Burton's Spooky Man thought it would be spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, there's. <laughs> Oh my god. Christopher We went way off the rails. Um because like we're there's no structure here anymore. So why don't we start we were obviously like well into just like this movie's fucking just a nightmare what is happening, but like what did you like about this movie? Catwoman start Catwoman. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Like Michelle Pfeiffer did, was so she's so, so magnetic. Like yeah. there's even though I hate this version of Selena Kyle too, particularly. I was like watching it, like, are you this is Selena Kyle? Like our illustrious cat burglar jewel thief extraordinaire is this in this movie? Like I the Catwoman has never been done I should say Catwoman was not done justice on the big screen until Anne Hathaway got a crack at her and she did mm-hmm. a good job with Selena. Yeah. But Catwoman as a character was Basically, whatever female uh, archetype the director wanted her to be in a fucking dime store Halloween costume. And that's what Catwoman <laughs> was on screen until Anne Hathaway got to be actual Selena Kyle, it seems. And so that, that being said, though, Michelle Pfeiffer is go harder, go home. And oh, she yeah. killed it in this movie. Like, she's just fun to watch. Once she gets the suit on, she's fun to watch. I mean, yeah. like, her, like, be, basically being a single cat lady, Kathy comic strip <laughs> come to life is not Don't super entertaining. Yeah. What does she, she keep calling herself? Corndog or something like that? Like, who, writes, herself corndog. who wrote that into the script? <laughs> Some corndog, She's calling I herself corndog. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's the corndog industry trying to get their... their yeah, they bought <laughs> yeah, an the ad. Corn, the corndog lobby. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Big corn, Big corndog got in yeah. there, threw but, some money at Tim Burton. Yeah, but I like that um, <laughs> Selena Kyle won the sewing challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race, and she just, like, fucking <laughs> um, lost Frankenstein her... together that suit with a fucking slinky, apparently. Well, uh, with a slinky and, like, an aluminum 
hook that is able to pierce through Batman's armor, which you find yeah, at the I end of the movie, that. peels right off. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, Batman's armor in this yeah. movie is made out of fruit roll-ups. So it's awesome. <laughs> Whereas in the last movie, it directly repelled like multiple gunshots. Gunshots, yeah. yeah. But no, but that's the thing. He lets himself get shot a couple times in this one too. Like he gets <laughs> shot like three or four times. Again, this is the worst. He's the worst Batman. Well, you like, saw you saw that you saw that whole like uh, that whole shelf that whole uh, little cave like cave within a cave of his his yeah, like, his boudoir his, his wardrobe his wardrobe that's so, the, that's that's, so the bats can't shit on the suits right like yeah, that's well, why that <laughs> it's so, some of those some of those are made of fucking fruit roll ups and some of them are made of Kevlar apparently and he just someday and, he, and they're not marked so like, oh, he just doesn't know yeah he's like well he's playing Russian roulette with his fucking <laughs> <laughs> that kind of like, makes oh, sense oh, this Batman seems kind of suicidal does he not like yeah. the, the Michael oh, yeah. Keaton version of this Batman seems like bipolar suicidal kind of guy yeah. and i'm I like that's... say that the, the stepping away from catwoman for a sec although i'm sure we'll get back to her they definitely reined in keat like i i thought keaton did a better bruce wayne this time than he did in batman <sighs> there's a couple scenes which where... is, is which is praising by faint damnation but... absolutely yeah but there's a scene really early on where he, they when he meets selena he stares at her like a gape like just a but just like he's like i don't know lost his mind yeah. Or like I don't know, like he derps right out. He's yeah. so like she's so hot, his brain fucking fricassees out or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happens in that scene, but he's standing there for like ten minutes with his mouth just like slack jaw open, what staring at her. I mean, probably. I but like, <laughs> I'm not Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the goddamn Batman on top. Because not, not only that, it's not the first fucking time he's seen this chick. He met her last night while yeah, he was in the Cape and Cow. Yeah, but like. He actually never met her before. And then he kind of gives himself away, too, because he says something about, like, having met them. And then she's like, mm -hmm. wait, have we met? And he's like, no, I think I was confusing myself with somebody else. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that was that? a weird. Yeah, that was who a weird wrote that line. Who wrote that? That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, that that scene. <laughs> I like I agree. He's way more toned down in this one. But I feel and, like that's just because head, he's not too. even in it. They've yes. definitely reined his hair in this yeah. time. It looks like he actually paid somebody to do it rather than just like <laughs> going at it with one of those like vacuum like cutters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And anything else? I did want to shout out like the some of the art direction in this yeah. is actually pretty good. Like I like the look of the movie and I mean it's it look <sighs> I love this Art Deco Gotham for sure. It looks like a set. It's clearly a set. Oh yeah. And like some of it does not hold up particularly well, but like I like the bat suit. Um, in this one, the best. This is my favorite on-screen bat suit, probably still to this day. I haven't really? seen one that I'm like, just for like overall look, not for like actual mobility and doing anything. Like, in. You realize this is the movie where he pulls the rubber oh, yeah. fucking hat oh, off, yeah. the rubber rubber cow off. In terms of how it's sculpted and stuff, I think it looks good. It's it does still strike a good silhouette. I'll say, yeah, that. yeah. So that's maybe more what I'm trying to say because I don't. I never thought either of the Nolan. Things were like striking, cool-looking bat suits. I just thought they were like really cool, practical. Yeah, they're very practical bat suits. And then like the the Snyder one is just—it's so comic. Like it's so just like taking Muscles. the Frank Miller version and just like making it real life. That I'm like, ah, oh, you didn't really do anything there. So like, I'm looking forward. Like this new one looks cool, so I'm kind of excited about that. But I still like the Batman Returns suit. Still the one that I'm like that actually still looks the best out of all of these so far. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of other things that I liked about this movie other than Catwoman. And well, I'm you kept talking like... about Christopher Walken's contouring. What was that about? Well, okay, no, that's a, that's a gripe because whoever did Christopher Walken's like styling, top to bottom, did him dirty in this movie, and we will talk about that in gripes. That's what I talk about is Walken. his eye. His eyebrow, well, his no, eyebrow I mean, color continuously yeah. changing throughout the movie. Oh my god, I, couldn't, <laughs> I could not look away. We had, we're gonna have to have a talk at the end of the episode, uh, and it's in my notes to like do a little like Tim Burton kind of dissectional because yeah. I don't know when we're gonna ever talk about Tim Burton again because he does have a thing about everybody kind of looks pallid and corpsey. Yeah, in this and especially in this movie, but it's like a running theme. I really think he wants to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly wants to fuck a Michelle Pfeiffer corpse I mean, because they they did they did her. There is a movie too. called Corpse Corpse Bride. Yeah, it is basically all about that. At least that one's actually him too, and it's not the other one because that other animated one's not even him who directed it. Yeah. That's right, he produced the Nightmare one. But no, I I I have my own like I I really I loved Catwoman as well. I'm on board with Paul absolutely. I think this is a great performance by Michelle Pfeiffer, and I really like this like hyper stylized version of Catwoman. Uh, again, it's a very different take than, you know, Catburger seeing the cow, but I think it's a valid take at least. Like I think it's it's somewhat true to the spirit of the character. And you want to talk about fucking like Tim Burton shots, like that reveal shot in the window where she's like knocked out the two uh, letters on her sign. So it just says hell here and all like it's all black and then the pink in the mirror. And then she steps in striking that like amazing silhouette, like, holy yeah. fuck, like that's a, that's a proper fucking character introduction right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally using that in the, my Batman Returns print too when I do that. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think Pfeiffer like plays that femme fatale anti-hero character really, really well. Like you, like she, she definitely does the stuff that comic book Selena Kyle does in terms of like using her sexuality as as a weapon. Like there's a lot of weird sexual tension in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. like Catwoman talks about wanting to degrade Batman. And then proceeds to give herself a bath, licking herself all over in front of Penguin. This and this like, is the Tim Burton shit where I'm just like, all right, this is. I don't know how thing. this movie didn't get fucking an R rating, honestly. Like, <sighs> that's this... what I'm talking about. This movie had a fucking Happy Meal attached to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the Penguin's talking about blowing little kids' dicks off and stuff, and this like movie had a Happy Meal. It's fucking baffling to me. Like, yeah. I think I think when she licks Batman's face, that that probably on its own should have warranted like an R rating. Wow, because that, that is like about like sexual awakening moments. Like that was a moment for me as a boy, like a young boy. But Michelle Pfeiffer licking Batman's face, I was like, wow, that's yeah, that's a I like that. I struggle to think of any other mainstream comic book movie. Like there are definitely some like uh, Sin City or shit like that that definitely have a lot of like that raw sexuality, but like mainstream like marvel or dc comic book movie i can't think of any other that has this much like raw sexuality in it i don't know why would you because you yeah is that to go with raw fish because like (laughs) (laughs) like i don't need penguin to be raw and sexual i don't want him to raw dog me aphrodisiac (laughs) yikes yikes there's a lot yeah that's a lot to unpack <laughs> so that's a that's a small small list of things we liked about this so like do we want to like tear into this thing a little bit because oh boy do i ever <laughs> where do this where movie. to begin where yeah to well begin? that's that's kind of the problem i have with it because like from the very beginning first of all this movie's called batman returns and it should be called what's the fucking joke batman returns to his own movie every 20 minutes <laughs> for two minutes at a time kind of thing because he's barely in it and i'm 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 always interested in these early Batman movies because it's like 
they hired two directors who have absolutely no interest in the character of Batman whatsoever. Like, yeah. whatsoever. No, I think Burton not clearly has more interest in the visual style of Gotham City and of yeah. the villains and, and of Oh, he likes his world. freaks, right? Like, yeah. he likes the freaks, so he, he likes to spend time with the Batman villains. himself. Yeah. Which, like, is baffling to me, but okay, that's cool. What else is I going to bitch about in this? Like, just everything. Like, why? Catwoman falls a lot in this movie, and for a Catwoman, she never really seems to fall on her feet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's... Like, I mean, Batman gets shot a number of times <laughs> also. Does. I mean, there's a lot of stuff Luckily, in here. Just... while wearing the fucking fruit roll-up armor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, and, like, yeah, so she takes, like, aluminum sewing hooks or something like that and stabs something. through his Yeah, fucking like, seam, seam ripper or something like that. Yeah, like, stabs through his body, his bulletproof armor. It's just, all right, cool. But, yeah, from the very beginning, we've got, like, the, the whole Max Shrek plot, which takes up so much time. Like, just so much time. Also, they introduce his son for some reason and he's like well because because the penguin needs to take him later yeah but then he doesn't because he talks <laughs> him out of it it's fucking stupid <laughs> but like christopher walken's not even doing like a crazy christopher walken performance oh until a little bit he's, later in the movie he's sleepwalking through the yeah. whole film his son walks in and is doing like the worst christopher walken impression <laughs> Ever. It's just really, really. Hey, Dad, we got to go do talk to the people. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, boy. So either way, I don't know what else. What else the, is like the, ac- the action is is fucking weak. I will. Admit. Oh, God. By, by today's standards, I don't even know. Like in 92, this might have been like considered like, I mean, 92 I is like Die it. Hard or something like that, right? Like, no, Die, Die Hard is like 88. Okay. Yeah, by so, 90, 1992, I mean, this is definitely by... Terminator 2, right? Yeah. yeah, T2 is around this era. Yeah, this okay. would probably be the same summer as T2, actually. Yeah. Which kind of sets a different bar for action quality. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's more... Burton was obviously trying to make more of, like, a stylistic mood kind of piece than he was an action piece, so... But, but I mean, a, com- a comic book movie should be an action piece. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I understand people enjoying, like, Tim Burton's aesthetic and stuff like that, but I find mixing it with, like, a comic book movie... Especially one where he clearly has no interest in the actual character that the movie's about or, you know, doing anything with that character that's interesting, like having him do anything Batman-y that isn't just drive his car is kind of off-putting the whole time. Yeah. Because I'm like... like, If he's making a mood piece, he doesn't seem to be interested in any of the motivations of the original storylines for these characters. And so he's created all these new origins for these three characters character or at least a completely different batman who seems to be like murderous and like not much of an actiony batman and we've got a completely new selena kyle who is not a cat burglar at all and we also have a kind of new penguin concept and so he's conceived of these characters because that's how he feels like that's what they should have been for this movie to be what it was going to be and so it's like why even make the this a batman movie why not just call it something else well because he made like a billion dollars doing the last one they gave him like 200 million dollars to make this thing and And free reign basically yeah they let him do whatever he wanted and this is what kind of resulted from that so and it feels that way this movie must have i i remember this movie being like really popular and successful though it did and actually i when we were watching it and i was like trying to not pull my hair out i had paul look at like the metacritic and the rotten tomatoes and stuff and it's like in the 70s 80s kind of thing like it's very well regarded 
it's uh, 80, overall. 80 million dollar budget and 270 million dollar box office so like that's successful yeah it did very well um i mean it was like the sequel to a batman movie yeah yeah the bat the cat the penguin i even remember the uh the marketing around it. marketing's great i have that poster oh, yeah in the house somewhere like it's rolled up in a tube somewhere but i do have that poster because it's like that was an iconic poster yeah so so many of the visuals in this movie do really work well yeah um but it's just like to to what end like what story was this telling like which is the problem we had with the first one the main problem we had with the first one exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) like this one seemed to have at least thematically one story two maybe one and a half storylines that kind of had a finished arc like we had the selena kyle arc that was finished and we had the penguin arc kind of finish off even though it was like it didn't really go anywhere or do anything and what the hell was the point and like because none of his conflict around his parents or anything like that really came to a head and so because he didn't if he had actually killed Max Shrek's son, then there maybe there would have been something there, but like the Max Shrek penguin conflict didn't actually lead to any satisfying conclusion. We just got the fucking penguin pallbearers at the end, which <laughs> uh, so we get one storyline, I believe, Selena Kyle's where you get like a clear beginning, middle and end, and like, okay, it's about like liberation and feeling like broken after you've been uh traumatized or victimized that is a character thread i could follow but all the other ones are either like bruce wayne and max shrek which are just like they're there as catalysts basically and then the penguin one which was like nothing (laughs) that was a big nothing so like catwoman it's no surprise to me that catwoman is still like the star character in this movie even like 30 years out because, yeah, she's the only one who's actually a character in this movie, <laughs> pretty much. And I also think, in terms of character work, these fucking Burton movies are the worst depiction of Commissioner Gordon ever. Like, he's such a <laughs> fucking wasted. He's such a fucking wasted character in these. I movies. love how big a fucking asshole Batman is to him. Actually, like, it makes me <laughs> laugh because he's like, "What is?" He? he says, "Like, thank you so much for helping us," and blah blah blah. And Batman's like, "Yeah, fuck off," and just keeps <laughs> walking, kind of thing. Yeah, you fucking suck at your job. You guys are useless. Yeah, fucking cops. I was sitting in my fucking cave brooding. I had to come all the way down here. Like, how do they not burn the city down in the time it takes him to get geared up and fucking down into Gotham? Like, man, that's... You'd think he'd be on patrol already. It's nighttime. He's just sitting in his... apply, like, talcum powder to his whole body to get into those fucking rubber suits. And then he's got to paint his face up. And then... (laughs) That fast removes in that one scene where he does pull the mask off. I so that's still one of those shots that just like baffles me to this day. Like, why would you not do the hard cut away, like after he puts his hand over his face, kind of thing, and like cut there as yeah. opposed to showing us showing the blink shot of him tearing with, the rubber, the light. Not even with tearing the rubber, but just showing him without the fucking raccoon eyes underneath it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like that whole sequence is just like, what the? Fuck? Why would they do it that way? It's so bad. <laughs> Like do the CW thing where like no, you never see Flash take his helmet off, right? Like he because he, he can't take it off. Yeah. Like it's two different things, kind of thing. So I don't know. It's just really weird. But yeah, then he rips it off and talc powder or whatever the fuck fruit roll ups. <laughs> terrible, terrible, horrible shit. <laughs> what else is there to talk about here? The jamming. Can we talk about the the sequence where Penguin steals the Batmobile? Somehow yeah. the Red Triangle <laughs> just... Gang has the fucking. <laughs> blueprints to the batmobile and then 
He takes over the Batmobile. And then just massacres about 50 people with it. Yeah, kills a bunch of people with it. And then, like, Batman jams his transmission when he's doing a speech. <laughs> yeah. And, like, does, like, the... Does a scratch on a CD that doesn't really work like that, guys. Like, that's not how that would work. But anyway, yeah, he does that. And it's just like, what is happening? The graphics for the uh, the jamming signal look like, hey, $79.99 for this collection of... Uh, Solid gold hits or whatever. Solid hits, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It looks like a, a, an infomercial that you would watch, like at at midnight, like between fucking like softcore porns or whatever. I don't know. It, it was like that's like it, again, that's wacky fucking Tim Burton shit. Like this is a fucking. That's why I think that this is way more of a Tim Burton movie than the first one is. Yeah, yeah. I guess like I guess the animatronic penguins and stuff like that oh, are yeah, also absolutely. like super Tim Burton. I mean, the only thing I really remember being like super visually Tim Burton is when they do the fly through of the the amusement park. Yeah. And you're like, this is supposed to be Winter Wonderland, but there's this like horrific crab creature and the statue from Beetlejuice is in there. And it's supposed to be like, that's an amusement park ride. Like this scary, terrifying Tim Burton sex fetish nightmare shit is supposed (laughs) to be like what you're going to take your kids to hang out in for a Saturday. (laughs) But again, this movie had a fucking Happy Meal attached to it. And I know I'm repeating Kevin Smith's shit, but like, holy Christ, this movie had a Happy Meal attached to it and is basically about a sexual predator. Actually, like three sexual predators getting together and sexual predatoring on each other is kind of how this movie kind of plays out for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like two people in gimp outfits and the penguin, like, is basically what this movie is. Like, girl with, it's a dominatrix, a gimp guy, and the penguin is what this movie is. And it's. And then there's Batman because you're, you mean Christopher Walken's the gimp guy, right? I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, Christopher Walken literally, so they've aged him up weirdly enough like i know that christopher walken is like kind of like this stone-faced like fucking easter island statue most of the time like even when he was a kid he looked like he was 75 years old or whatever yeah but like they gave him this weird white hair that was like very ebenezer scrooge and then like i said the color changing eyebrows which were like dark gray or white depending on which scene you were in um these rosy cheeks that you would put on like a santa, a, a santa or a corpse if you're trying to make them look <laughs> alive in, in uh, drop dead gorgeous they call it the like the um snowmobiling special where mm-hmm. like that you paint them up so they look like they were snowmobiling before they died and then from the neck down he's willy wonka or charlie from from charlie and the chocolate factory he's got like the bow tie and like these really weird pattern suits and like the whole I mean, he's basically fucking jack skellington yeah well it, from, there's from the neck down it, he's also well there's like one scene where he's cosplaying beetlejuice too you know what yeah. i mean so yeah. like it's kind of hard to and he's also ichabod crane from sleepy hollow so like this the i know this is like quintessential like tim composite burton. tim burton character yeah it's a, it's <laughs> franken tim burton it's franken weenie but tim burton like Christopher Walken thing, like I, like I think that Tim Burton's stylist, whoever did that concept, like needs to like be retroactively smacked upside the head for poor, poor. I'm not like the biggest Christopher Walken fan ever, but like he didn't deserve that. He certainly did not. He didn't. <laughs> Nobody like, deserves that, Paul. Uh, Nobody deserves to be treated like they're in a Tim Burton movie. It's not. <laughs> Yikes! But yeah basically yeah yeah so let's um like we've obviously we had some problems with this movie and like we could probably sit here and go all night because i definitely could like this movie fucking just baffles me on a whole number of levels but like let's let's veer off a little bit and talk about tim burton because we're, we're kind of leaving tim burton land after we do this movie and god only knows when we're going to get back to ever talking about 
the man himself. You know what I mean? Spooky Someday old we'll do Edward Scissorhands or Beetlejuice. Or Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, absolutely. Edward Scissorhands, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I will never watch that movie again. Because I... Love that see paul likes it too and i don't I, feel like I, I don't i don't know if it'll ever it'll hold up for me because i didn't really care for it back in the day so yeah but beetlejuice needs to be will probably i will definitely be it is one of my favorite movies of all time so it will probably be one of my picks sometime in the future but yes Do let's like halloween episode on it or something yeah, yeah. actually that was like I, what i said to paul when we were talking about this is like i was surprised he didn't pull that as his halloween this year because that's like his favorite movie the way like ghostbusters is mine so yeah. Yeah, but like just overall, because like these, <laughs> um, I don't like Tim Burton. I think I don't know if we've made this abundantly clear <laughs> or not yet, but I'm not a big fan of his style um, or his oeuvre overall. And uh, I find he like, I think like his name is attached to the Batman franchise because of those these two movies. And I always thought it was like he's he's like almost the, he's like the right pull, but the wrong pull all at the same time. Because like visually he puts this kind of movie together very well you know what i mean like you would if you think of tim burton's aesthetic and then think batman you'd be like yeah that should work and it does visually but then you actually have to take into consideration like the writing style of <laughs> yeah, tim burton somebody to write <laughs> and like that that's where this shit falls apart for me but like the rest of his movies i'm like i like paul had to remind me of beetlejuice because as you go through the list of his filmography i'm just like i holy shit has he ever made anything i like after he made batman and the answer is Ed Wood. And after that, no. Mm-hmm. So Ed Wood's good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Fish. Right. Big Fish, right. Big Fish is when I come. It doesn't even really feel like a Tim Burton movie. I mean, it's got the visual of it, but like it actually is written. Like I, I, I'll go on the record and say like I enjoy Tim Burton's visual style. It's something that Alicia and I bonded over. Like was, uh, Course Bride was one of the first movies we ever saw together. Okay. Uh, I think that might have been the very first movie we ever saw together because I think it came out like 2004, which was like uh, the year that we first met in person. And so, yeah, like I have a lot of appreciation for, I mean, I we watch Nightmare Before Christmas multiple times a year in between like Halloween and Christmas. And like I, I do really like uh, like Frank and Weenie. I fucking love Ed Wood. I love Beetlejuice. Yeah, like I'm I'm there. Like, yes, there he hasn't. You know, he's not 100% consistent or anything like that. But I like that visual style. It's something that is visual comfort food to me. Like, I can just watch it and fall into one of his movies and be like, okay, this is what this is. I'm buying right the fuck into it. I know what I'm getting myself into. I used to think that when I was watching a Tim Burton movie that I would know what I was getting myself into. And to an extent, there's like kind of a, a split around the time he does i would say like maybe like planet of the apes well uh, maybe i like his planet of the apes actually too. Oh. okay all right <laughs> tim's getting kicked that's it tim's out tim's off the podcast no but i i'm trying to say that like once he goes disney i would say like around the time of maybe alice and stuff alice well even I, even uh, before that because like Willy Sweeney, Wonka or whatever he taught charlie and the chocolate charlie and chocolate factory would be a good example like he okay. did corpse bride after that but there's something about his movies that are a little bit almost too by the numbers now and there's no there doesn't seem to be as much passion in his work like yeah. dark, dark shadows yeah. was so such a a wet fart of a movie miss peregrine's home for peculiar children dumbo did you, dumbo 
was... I, see, I haven't seen any of those. Like, I, I haven't seen any of his, or much much of his, like, later stuff. Because, yeah, I Dumb. heard that Dumbo version wasn't great. And, uh, yeah, Miss Peregrine didn't really grab me. Um, so, like, but I, I, I'm okay with his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's not my preferred version. But I think it has some interesting bits to it that are divergent from the original and and i would yeah. say that it's like none of the like none of those movies are 100 percent terrible like there yeah. are good things about it and like a lot of that is the art direction aesthetic but the tropes that he leans on and his particular stock characters have long and since and actors have <laughs> long uh since kind of expired for me and so whenever i see them again i'm just kind of like oh well what happened why didn't Beetlejuice become a stock character. Where is my Michael Keaton? And I know Be- <laughs> Beetlejuice 2 has been announced, which I am... Oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch that. Beetlejuice <laughs> 2 been has been announced years. every year for 25 years, I, I think. Like, I've heard everybody and their mother has had taken a shot at writing like the Beetlejuice sequel script, and it's never ever gone anywhere. And I hope that it never does, because I nope. don't think I could bring myself to watch it. But... Yeah, I, I would say that Tim Burton, at a certain point, like maybe Mars Attacks and everything before that. I like Mars Attacks in a like guilty pleasure kind of way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, That's it's fun. fun to watch. Yeah. And so, Nicholson performance is excellent. Like he's fucking just, yeah, like just, going for the fucking cheap seats in that one. Yeah. So, yeah. So everything from like 88 to 99 in his filmography, I'm like, oh, okay yeah and then after that it's like really hit or miss it's spotty and mostly yeah. miss. i'll agree with that yeah so all right well that is uh that's tim burton that's uh you guys are weird and i don't <laughs> i disagree with you strongly because i don't think he's really ever made a good movie uh beetlejuice i stopped saying that i know beetlejuice exists. <laughs> i know i just i always forget beetlejuice see like edward i don't even know if i consider it a good movie i just like it because it's about edward who is a, a character in the world that i'm fascinated by I think it's a genuinely anyway. good movie as well. Like it got yeah. a lot of accolades when it came out. Yeah, no, I think I think it's actually a good movie too. Yeah, I just like shitting on Tim Burton a lot, so I always forget <laughs> the two movies that I do like of his, and then just go after like, why does he hate Batman? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> why did he agree to make these fucking movies then if he doesn't want to make a Batman? Anyway, yeah, let's wrap this up and uh, rate and review Batman Returns for our little lovely listeners. Unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up before we get the fuck out of here this week? No, I don't think so. Cool. Well, uh, Paul, why don't you uh, wrap us up? Um, start anyway. I'm trying to remember what I gave the first Batman movie because I want to give this a much lower score than that because yeah. I, I enjoyed it far less this time around. This movie is like an even bigger mess and is not quite as much of a stylistic hit as the first one was. And so in spite of my undying love for Michelle Pfeiffer and this particular performance, which I adore, I like there's nothing else about this movie that I can recommend. Like you have Christopher Walken being low key, which no, no. That's what and, everybody loves is his most uh, subdued performances, right? Yeah. yeah. Of like just <laughs> Oh man. And then Who hires have... Christopher Walken and gets him to do this? That's what I'm like, I just yeah. I don't understand. And then you have Michael Keaton, who's barely in the movie. And then you have Danny DeVito, whose performance makes me physically ill. So I would give this like maybe a five. Watch it for watch the Michelle Pfeiffer parts and just pretend it's a Catwoman adaptation movie thing, short film. 
Uh, artistic short <laughs> film starring Catwoman. I'm sure there's a supercut on YouTube or something of just the Catwoman parts. Watch that. That would be good. And it would look good and, you know, enjoy. But other than that, there's nothing about this movie that I can really recommend. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Tim? I enjoy this, I think, just as much as I do the the first Batman, the first Burton Batman movie. Um, so I'm going to give it the same score, 8 out of 10. I think that there are things that this does better than that movie, and I think that there are things that it does worse than that movie. Like, I think the effects and stuff, the visual styling, I think, comes together better in this than it did in Batman 89. I think, I feel like Burton was probably still getting held back, one, by budgetary restrictions, and two, probably by studio for the first one, and then that made a fucking huge amount of money, and they were just like, here's more money. Fucking go nuts. Burton all over this fucking thing. Is that why Danny yeah. DeVito was able to bump into that tombstone and move it? <laughs> Not perfect. But I mean, we 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 tore apart some of the fucking effects on that first movie, and nobody really had much in terms of effects here to say, like, man, that was that was hot garbage. My problem, there's a couple composites in this movie that look like complete yes. dog shit. And yeah. uh but like yeah, a lot of the, the, the stop motion stuff's a lot smoother in this one, and like the bat suit looks better. Catwoman suit looks better. There's some editing shit that's really rough in this one. Like the scene where Catwoman and Batman first fight, there's like a weird, he's below her, but then she falls and he catches her like he's above her and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And then they're on a weird, they're on a different platform like that you never see. Before. It's weird. There's a weird edit there. But like, yeah. I just think this movie is a lot messier than I ever remembered it being. I remember when I did rewatch it like a couple years ago and I had like commentaries on and stuff. I was like, I remember this movie being really good, like really enjoying this movie a lot. And now I'm watching this movie and it's barely a movie, which just goes to show you that when you're a kid, you're a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> but that's part of it for me. Like this is again, yeah. part, part of it is I, I have really grown to enjoy that Tim Burton aesthetic. And part of it is I just have a soft spot because this was one of my first like feature length introductions to Batman. Fair. So, Fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I just the one, I, I don't think this is one I watched as much as I watched the original one. Like, I think I watched the 89 one to death, and I think this one was kind of boring. I feel like this one ended up on TV more often than the, uh, which, in retrospect, I hope they fucking took out some of that, like, super intense, like, sexual stuff. <laughs> uh, if they're showing it on, like, Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon TV kind of thing. But Yeah, I would hope so, too, because Christopher Walken does say the word poontang at one point. <laughs> How do you explain that to your fucking kids? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, like you're sitting in quarantine and like your six year old's never seen Batman. And all of a sudden you got Chris Walken like and fucking Danny DeVito leering at each other after fondling a woman or something like that, probably. Because that's what happens in this movie. Yeah. And then he says the word poontang. So like your, your six year old's going to be like. Fruit punch, kids. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Holy shit. So either way, yeah. Um, Batman Returns. This is like my. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about any of these movies. It's kind of funny because like I grew up on these movies and I like you have that like, rose-colored spot for them in your memory, but then you go back and revisit them, and you're like, oh, that was really dumb. And I don't, I'm don't. i much better at analyzing film now than I was before, like when I was 10. <laughs> so uh, it made this one a little bit of a tougher sit. So I'm uh, kind of in the same boat as Paul. Um, I'm going like five-ish out of 10 uh, on this rewatch because, oh, man, was it? I don't know. So, that's what, so what we're going to do because of that is take a little break from these like live action movies. And the next time we come back and do a Batman movie on my next hosting, we're going to do uh, Mask of the Phantasm. So that's and... going to be episode 200, Mark? Oh. Yeah, we might have to... We might have to postpone that. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because either way, be your next hosting, if you know, if we keep our rotation, we're, we are going to do Mask of the Phantasm at some point in the near future. So keep that in mind. And then, yeah, 200, we'll have to figure something else out, I guess. So. Oh, my God. I know what I'm hosting. I should have figured <laughs> something out already. Terrible, terrible host. Anyway, it's time for our last segment, which is uh, our stingless segment, Geek Cred. So, uh, Tim, why don't you start us off? So I've been catching up on some, like, uh, everybody has, like, those genres that they follow and enjoy and that there is, like, some seminal work in that genre that, for whatever reason, they have missed. That's just, like, flown under their radar for years and years. And for me, in the genre of horror, as Christy would say it, uh, that movie was Suspiria. Uh, the 1977 oh. Argento movie, which I had never seen. And I'd always heard like, you should watch this. You should watch this. You should watch this. And for whatever reason, I just never got around to it. I literally assumed you had yeah. seen it because it's yeah, spirit. Exactly. You know it's, I mean? it's one of those things I, I should have fucking seen by now, you know, considering I do consider myself, you know, a decent horror fan, but just never had got around to it. So yeah, I watched that um, at like fucking, one in the morning, pretty drunk. I turned off all the lights. I was listening to it on headphones. And it fucked me up, guys. Not going to lie. Like, that movie is, like... And not even, like, the storyline, but, like, the... You know, it's just visually and orally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, uh, disorienting. Like, it's use yep. of color. It's use of, like, weird geometries and shit like that. Weird, fucked-up imagery. Uh, so, yeah, it made a, a fucking impact on me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the movie, uh, we, we did that one in film school oh, yeah, at one point. Oh, yeah, I can that. absolutely see yeah. it be, you know, like a fucking, like, a two or three fucking class, uh, you know, th- sort of thing in film school. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a one class, two seminar yeah. kind of uh, dissection, that one. But, um, yeah, Suspiria, did you watch the remake, I too? Did. Or you... uh, I didn't like it as much. It's, yeah, it's no. It's way no, too, the, it's, the it's, wasn't... it's just like super fucking overly ambitious and it doesn't it tries to do about eight different things and only actually achieves maybe one or two of them yeah it doesn't even accomplish the same thing that it's original i kind of appreciate that it didn't just try and be like hey we're gonna basically just do an updated version of this original thing and like we're gonna wash out every fucking frame and like reds and greens and shit like that but that it it you know tried to do some different things visually but like it just the fucking script for it was just garbage like it just you know they yeah. they tried to like fucking shoehorn in a bunch of additional plot and storyline and historical context and very little of it actually works so yeah, yeah i wasn't a big fan of the remake either. it still has okay. it's still like definitely had some really visually impactful stuff and it had some good stuff also i fucking i don't really have much time for dakota johnson at the best of times I find I find her oh yeah the lead, static yeah, yeah. and boring and that's not what you need in a fucking movie movie like that so yeah she's pretty uh, she's pretty till this movie was fine like, she, you know and, and yeah her she, well, tri- she's triple compared roles. to the original especially like the uh, I can't remember the actress's name in the original but she's very like emotive versus Dakota Johnson's yeah. a little yeah I guess wooden I guess yeah. would be the word but either way that's cool I can't believe you've never seen Suspiria that's crazy yeah. to me Paul. I am starting a kind of Tony Collette uh, filmography rewatch because I just love Tony Collette. I think she's one of the best actresses working right now. And uh, that could have been my Geek of the Week, too. But um, I want to recommend her like big first hit, which was Muriel's Wedding. It is a staple of like Australian film, but it's also really fucking funny. And it's really relatable because Muriel, the character, is 
a totally horrible person. And all she really wants to do is get married at any cost. And it's a really strange, funny film that I think everyone should see. And I think that everyone should just appreciate Tony Collette more. So my geek cred is basically Tony Collette herself, but Muriel's Wedding in particular, because it was kind of her first jumping off point into like movie stardom. And so go watch it. It's great. Cool. Uh, yeah. So for me, um, well, I can't. My brain just like not working today. Uh, Instagram. So follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Roulette. You can buy Prince uh, BlackRainGallery.com. Um, so if I'm actually going to recommend something to you, for the love of God, I'm calling you out again, Paul. Go watch Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. But like Better Call Saul, if you're not caught up, holy shit, that show was that was very good this year. Yeah. So. Go catch up to that. Very suspenseful. Like, and even, I mean, I was watching it week to week rather than binging it kind of thing. And even then I was just like, every week it was like, it was at the top of my to watch list kind of thing. It was well worth the losing a complete day to it. Like just kind of sinking into it for the day. Cause it's It's just an, it's just an amazing cliffhanger too. Like I have no, like, and it's so weird because I was telling Mark this to Mark, like, you know, which characters survive and which, well, you definitely know which characters survive. You, there, there's some, you're not sure, but like, because they show up in Better Call Saul, but like at this point, I'm, but like at this point, I'm very much like, how, how do every one of these characters survive? I don't, I don't fucking see a way that this happens. Yeah. I have all the faith that Vince Gilligan is going to fucking oh, yeah, rock this because he has never not rocked it every time. Like they just they write these shows like airtight. Like there is no fucking space anywhere for anything in these shows. Like they write the shit out of them before they even start shooting them. And then they got these fucking powerhouse actors that are just like, whew, like Rhea Seahorn's like she crushed this whole year. Like she was so that- good. And then the guy who played the villain, that's the main. Kim, that's oh, Kim. yeah. Kim Wexler is such, such a fucking good character. Yeah. And then uh, the bad guy, uh, is it Lalo? Lalo. This yeah. year? Lalo? Lalo this year was, he's fucking, he's might be the scariest villain they've had in that universe so far. And like, we watched Gus for a couple years just be a complete sociopath. This show so and fucking... this season in particular takes a lot of the sting out of Gus as well. And also gives mm-hmm. you a lot more, a lot more perspective, perspective on why on. he is the way yeah. he is when you get to Breaking Bad as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's like that, and then like that actor uh, whose name is escaping me right now. I wish I'd written it down. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, he's like just magnificent in that role. Like everybody's like, I, I mean, Bob Odenkirk's oh, fucking fantabulous. Like he's so fucking good. But like, yeah, if you haven't watched Better Call Saul, if we're not selling you on this at this point, Paul, then there's no hope for you. So. I am going to get. I just need to get through those first couple episodes of Breaking Bad again, and then yeah. I'll be, I'll be oh. good. Just existing through Breaking Bad for the first time, like <laughs> holy shit, that's a that's a ride and a half. I love that show. Either way, all right, everybody, thank you for listening to us rip apart Batman Returns and blow Better Call Saul three <laughs> times because can't stop talking about that fucking show. Apparently, this has been episode 197 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcasting app via Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Spotify. Uh, if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about, if you think that we are horribly wrong about batman returns and we want to defend it come at us i guess uh at facebook.com so facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast uh on twitter at drd underscore podcast or you can email us directly at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com so i've been here with my brother paul say good night good night and my buddy tim bye folks and i'm mark and we will talk to you next week a what is the mistletoe line we should use the mistletoe line to close this episode out
Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. That's yeah. nice. That's good advice. But a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. I just want to point out, he's the worst fucking Batman. That mask does not cover her face. <laughs> he should have recognized her almost immediately. Like, immediately. But, also, but she was he wearing stares... bright red lipstick, Mark. Yeah, I know, but also different. he stares directly at that ass a couple times. <laughs> he knows. You know what I mean? Like, he knows. Anyway. Eat floor. Thanks, guys. It's high fiber. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right, we're starting the episode over again. I'm going to like really rip into this thing. We're going line by line now. Every single <laughs> yeah, line. Every fucking know. single. We're going through the script page by page, and I'm going to tell you what I think. All right, guys, thanks so, so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week, I guess. Yeah.